for some reason, our brains make us think that once we get successful, we don't have any more problems. What if you changed your mindset and said, I'm going to be more successful if I handle bigger problems? Mm. What if when problems come, you go, give me it. Like, think yes. about this. If there was six of us at a table, six people you know that are successful, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say, without a shadow of a doubt, the most successful person at the table would be the one willing to handle bigger problems? Absolutely. So if that happens to be true, you know, Jim Rohn said, and then Tony adopted it, and, and I love it, says, for things to get better, we have to get better. We do. And I just look at it, for us to be more successful, we have to shift our mindset around mm. problems and say, stop dealing with $10 problems. Yeah. I need million dollar problems, yes. $10 million problems. Absolutely. When I see someone driving down the street and they cut someone off and they flip them off, or someone's at a restaurant complaining about their food, in my head, I'm like, they'll never be successful. Never. If that bugs them that much, like mm -hmm. I want the sky to be falling. That's the problem yeah. I want to solve, yes. right? Yeah. So the first thing is focus more on marketing, love what you do, adjust your messaging, but solve bigger problems and learn to love it because each one of those problems sharpen our ax. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It's Emily Show. I am here today with a very, very special man who has deeply impacted my life and millions of others. He's known as an entrepreneur, an investor. He's done so many things in his career, and we are here today to learn and to talk to you about your zone of genius. Oh, thanks. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. So tell us, where, where did you come from? Like, <laughs> you're everywhere. In fact, I have to tell you, I got in the Uber yesterday and I started connecting with a woman and she said, why are you here? And I said, I get the privilege to talk to Dean Grazioski. And she said to me, she said, oh my God. She goes, when it was COVID, I connected with him on social media and he changed my life. Aww. And we had this moment in the car and we actually prayed after in the car because it was just a moment of Oh, what you a great impacted story. her and she said, you're going to impact people as well. And it was just this whole moment. And I wanted to tell you that because it's like you are creating a ripple effect oh, thank across you. the I world. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I love what you're doing. You know, I just got introduced to you in the last couple of months. And and before I'll do an interview, I want to follow you on social, see what you're doing. Yeah. You're doing such great things. I mean, you've had such an incredible journey. And from, you just shared with me now, I knew there was the like sleeping on the couch part. I knew there had to be that, like we all have that yeah. moment, whether it's the couch or broke or self-doubt or questioning yourself or not knowing what's next or finally busting what today they call imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. But it's really just, we're scared to lean into our next level, right? right. It's just that scary line. Um, so I knew you had that story. So congratulations for everything you're Thank doing. And, you. and if you're listening or watching, thanks for spending time with us. Um, we won't waste your time. We know there's lots of other options. Uh, real quick, you know, I, my story, uh, I only want to share it enough just so people understand the context. Yeah. Um, 
we all have one. Uh, mine was simply this. My parents were married and divorced a lot when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Started when I was three. By the time I was 20, they were married nine times between them, moved 20 times. And there was always a sense of not being in control. I, yeah. You don't know this crap when you're young. Right. I'd love to say when right. I was nine, I knew. Right. It's like now you get to look backwards in retrospect and you're like, oh, that's what it was. Like, why did I have such a desire? Why was I so hungry yeah. to be successful? It was because, and maybe maybe those of you at home or wherever you're listening from right now, you can relate to this. I re I'm, I was so out of control because I'd get new step grandparents, new step dad, new step mom, step brothers, step sisters. I'd be like, yeah. oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And then you come home from school and mom's like, hey, we're leaving again. This dude's no good or this. Oh so what I realized older, again, maybe people can relate to this, is I was so out of control because I never got to make choices. I love mm. my parents, but they made crappy decisions yeah. Yeah. that something must have snapped at me. It's like, no, I, I'm playing this. I love my parents, but I'm not going to be them. So that's something all of us can feel. And I realized I want not a control freak, but I wanted to be in control of my decisions. And I just went after it at a young age. I started cutting firewood at 17 while I was in high school. I ended up, I was making more than my teachers by 11th grade. Love it. You know, clearing trees and yeah. chopping them, splitting them and delivering. Then I started buying wreck cars and fixing them. And then I got in my first apartment house by 20. And then I started building houses by 22. I had a tow truck company and auto sales, a collision shop. Thank gosh. All those things. Again, um, but then sometimes you start getting success and maybe people can feel this like mm -hmm. you found the job or you found the career mm -hmm. and it's bringing in the money but you just know you're meant for more. Yes. Like there's something, like there's a calling so loud. It's like every yeah. morning you look in the mirror and it's like, yeah, you're doing okay. You're not your parents anymore. Congratulations, right. Dean. But you're still not, I have goosebumps thinking yeah. about the hair standing up on my arms, but you're still not the man that yeah. God or the world designed you yeah. to be. And I bought Tony Robbins course at 26 years old. And I remember listening to it and I felt like, man, he's just speaking to me. Like, thank yeah. you for saying that about yeah. me. But I was like, I can be more, I can do more. My yeah. past doesn't dictate my future. Life was meant to happening for me, not to me. I can focus on solutions. And I'd already had success, but that gave me permission to just go after a whole nother level. Mm. And, and maybe today we can help someone find that permission because I feel like at the end of our lives, and we both know Ed Milet, Yeah. and he said something ages ago and I caught him saying it and I always stuck with me. I said, I, this is my version of it. Imagine being, and I really want you to hear this today. If you hear nothing else from me today, hear this. Imagine being at the end of your life and your creator, God, the universe, whatever you believe, played you a video of the woman you could have been or the man you could have been, but you didn't because you felt like an imposter. You thought your family would look at you weird. You didn't want to take the risk. You didn't want to step off the path. Right. You, you didn't want to waste your college education, even though you paid for it. So now you're going to stick to the job that's killing you. <laughs> when I think of that video playing, Every one of us would say, can I go back, please? Yeah. Please let me do this. So I don't give a crap what anybody says. I don't care about my mom looking at me funny. I need to be me. And we don't get that second chance. So, So you asked me a quick story. I didn't want to get into my whole life story. But when I got Tony's course, um, not only did I go to another level, I decided to be in that same industry. I'm like, wow, Tony gets to impact people's lives for a living. Oh my God. Like right? he gets paid to change. Like I'm in, sign me up. Right. <laughs> so that was another big transition. Yeah. I'm a guy who's got a collision shop and auto sales, a tow truck company. Oh I'm building gosh. houses and now I'm going to go build a course. Yeah. But that was the shift in my life. And since then it's been a pretty fun run. I'm so happy you made that shift. And I completely relate. I think this every single day I wake up and I'm like, if today was your last day, right? Like if today was your last day and it forces you 
to get into radical action. I've heard you talk over and over again about having a success mindset. You give three simple tips. The mindset is huge. I hear you talk about tactics and strategy a lot mm -hmm. and implementation. I want to cover, yeah, cover I, this ground yeah. today because it's so important. First of all, talking about the mindset. So we're going into this economic winter. Yep. I'm starting to feel it. I mean, if you feel it's coming, you can feel it. You see inflation, what, seven, eight percent, the average household and it's extra two hundred and fifty dollars yep. in America. That's a, quite a bit. You know, where how important is mindset and how can we it's protect everything. our mindset? So so here's what I love. I just heard this and I don't know where I heard it, but I love this. If you are 35 or younger right now and you're listening to this, you really don't know what an economic winter means right. or going into a recession. You know that gas prices are higher. You know that things are a little more expensive. I hope it's not a repeat. I was in business in 99 when it happened. It sounds crazy. I was five. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> and I was in business in 07 when it happened. And if you haven't been through it, you really can't understand if things, if history repeats itself, it gets worse before it gets better. Okay. The byproduct of these, these costs going up, the byproduct of inflation, the byproduct of the housing market is going to go down. There's no question about it. The housing market has already shifted. Interest rates are going to probably still go up. They have to slow down inflation. Yeah. It's like the bitter pill, right? But we haven't even felt the byproducts of it yet. The byproducts will come six months, eight months, 12 months from now when layoffs get huge, when houses don't sell anymore, when people have to go in foreclosure. And, and, and I hope that doesn't happen. So I'm not yeah. being a pessimist and I'm not yeah. trying to make you nervous. You're like, oh, this is a great right. one, Emily. You got Dean getting yeah. depressed. <laughs> but here's what I want to share. Isn't it better to prepare and, and understand mm -hmm. rather than react? Yeah, absolutely. So what I'd say is when it comes to your mindset, I mean, think about in life, if you're watching or listening right now, think about in life when you had an opportunity, you had a chance to go after that business. You had a chance maybe for a relationship. Yeah. You had a chance to step out of that job and just go for it. But that inner voice, right? We all know this. I'm not telling you something you don't know, but the inner voice or the inner talk, mm -hmm. the inner story, whatever you want yeah. to call it said, ah, you know, life is good enough. You should, you should play it safe. Like, don't take this risk. Like you should be blessed. You should feel happy for where you are. Maybe you said, I'm too young. I don't understand technology. I don't understand the internet. My friends think this is nuts. And something inside of you, whatever that story was loud enough for you to play small a little bit, freeze for a moment and go, I think I'm okay where I'm at. Mm. As I say that, I know, cause I've said this in front of tens of thousands of yeah. people, you go, oh, I, you're thinking of it right now. Like right. the relationship you missed, the business you missed, the job advantage, you missed it because of a story. So the only thing I'll tell you is if we can anticipate and prepare mm -hmm. going in, we've just spent two years uncertain because of COVID, right? right? So uncertainty was high already. Yep. We have the media pushing us to the left and right. Like most of us live in the middle. We don't hate each other. It's, we have way more in common than we do separate. The but the yeah. media only shows the extremes yeah. and we should, yeah. you and I should probably hate each other for a reason. I, I don't even know yeah. what reason, yeah, right? Yeah. So you take the uncertainty of COVID, the uncertainty of, of separation, and then you add inflation and a recession if, it's, if it looks like it's coming and all these shifts, uncertainty goes to a high. Okay, we all know that. But here's what I want to warn everyone. When uncertainty goes to a high, if you have that story, if you feel it's imposter syndrome, self-doubt, mm. it gets magnified. Mm. So if you were a little scared and you missed the opportunity in the past, we must prepare and anticipate because uncertainty is going to be high and you will sit on your hands. You know, they say you fight or, fight or flight. Yeah, yeah. But the third one is more important. It's freeze. 
Uh, when you get uncertainty and, and you're scared, you freeze and you go, okay, let's just see what happens. Yeah. You can't do that. No. Right. We need to shift that mindset. Cause I said this to you earlier and I laughed about it. It doesn't matter if you like the last president or the current yeah. or you hate both of them yeah. or you like both of them. It doesn't matter who the next one is, no matter where you live in the world, no one is coming to save us. No one. So if we know no one's coming to save us, if we know if anticipate and prepare that we're going into a recession, then the first thing we have to work on is getting a new story, Yeah. right? I'm not going to sit on my hands. I'm not going to freeze. I'm not going to let that old story that's already cost me way too much in my life get in my way. I'm not going to be at the end of my life where I want... When they play a video at the end of my life, I want God to look and go, yeah. damn, you're a badass. Yeah. Like, that's what I well want. Well done. You're a freaking nuts, yes. dude. Like, holy, <laughs> you, you tried all that. I can't believe you even tried that. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah, I yeah. want. And I think about yeah. those things. Yeah. So I, I don't want to make this whole thing about mindset today, but here to, to simplify it, there are things you think about and there are things you do mm. that rob your confidence, mm -hmm. that rob your courage. Mm -hmm. Going into a recession or economic winter, whatever you want to call it, know that's going to have a magnifying glass on it. So if you can prepare, you could start shifting that story. Say, you know what? In a time like this, I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to step up. That's I'm going to right. tap into my full potential. Yeah. I'm going to be brave. Yeah. I'm going to be courageous. Like courage is not moving forward in the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward when you're scared to death. Exactly. Think about, you, you shared briefly, you were sleeping yeah. on a couch during the last economic winter. Yeah. The people that mentored you were in businesses that evaporated. Evaporated. You had to find courage. Like Absolute say, courage. I'm going for it. Like mm -hmm. I'm just doing it. And it's hard to even give a, like, here's how you find your courage. Like yeah. sometimes you just got to be disappointed in yourself if you don't move. Exactly. It's like, I always say, what happens if you don't do anything? If not this, then what? Then what? Like, what are you going to do? hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I'm fired up right now. <laughs> okay. What, what would you say to someone? You know, a lot of people are like, I, they're in freeze mode because yeah. they don't know what they're passionate about. Yep. They've lost passion because they're out here in the echo chamber of the world in the shit storm, if you will. And they're just so low frequency yeah. and they've lost passion. They don't even know what that's like. How, what, how would you guide someone? So really such a great question because I know one of the biggest things people say is I'd love to do more. First off, you got to get your mindset right because it's kind of it's messing with you. Like you mm -hmm. think you want to do more, but your mind's going, we're not good enough. Yeah. Or we've tried and yeah. failed. Or your husband's going to think you're nuts. Or like, you got to fix that. So if we if we get past that and we get you a new story, more empowering, the next thing I think freaks people out is they want to do something more, but like, okay, so I have this little blank white card in front of me, right? <laughs> it, it's like they want to do something more, but they don't have the blueprint or know where to start. Mm. And I, I say this blank piece of paper, if, if you're listening right now, visualize a blank piece of paper. And I've said this before, but maybe once before, so I want to share this. If Emily, if we said, hey, you moved to Las Vegas mm -hmm. and it was three years ago and it was a building boom. And I said, hey, I've been in real estate for 30 years. You and I should be in the housing business. You should build your first house. I'll fund it. You build it and we'll sell it and we'll make a profit. And I handed you a pen and, a pa and this blank piece of paper yeah. and I said, Emily, why don't you design the first house? Let's go. Right? You'd be like, well, what? Yeah. Uh, like, this is what people do. They want to do more. They get excited. Right. And then they look at a blank piece of paper and go, well, do I put a, a flat roof, a peak? Like, how many bedrooms? Like, yeah. and you get so overwhelmed because you don't know where to start. Right. Then you fall back and say, I should be happy where I'm at. And no, you're not. Yeah. You wouldn't be listening to Emily. You wouldn't be right. here right now. Right. So the, the part that I would say, there's a million answers, but other people have crafted blueprints. Mm. Don't start off on first base, start off on third base. Yeah. Because if it's the same situation, if I said, Emily, you moved to Vegas, housing business is amazing. Let's partner on this. Here's a blueprint yeah. of my best house. 
It's a three bedroom. It's the cheapest way to build it. It looks amazing. People love this house. We make about a hundred grand a house just, and we can be done in yep. three months. And plus here's the builder, here's the lot, here's how much you should spend, here's the blueprint. Then all of a sudden you go, okay, uh -huh. I know where to start. I might have some questions for you. I might change things around. I want a bigger kitchen and a nicer bedroom here, but I have the blueprint to start. So what I'd say to anyone in this shifting time, in, if, you, if you're listening right now and you feel fired up, like I need to do more, I wanna do yeah. more. Don't start with a blank piece of paper, whatever that is. If you're going into something, work with Emily, mm -hmm. find someone who's doing what you wanna do. If you wanna build houses, find someone who's built houses and get their blueprint. 100%, get a mentor. Yeah. And, and it's gonna shorten your learning curve. That's what I did when I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor. <laughs> I was 23 and had big dreams. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? Success leaves clues. Let me find someone and model mm -hmm. after them. You know, take what I don't like, yeah. what I love, go get it. And then, I mean, I became a millionaire when I was 26 Amazing. by doing that. Now, if I would have just been like, okay, how do I do this? And I wouldn't have sought out help. I wouldn't have got courses. I wouldn't have read books. I wouldn't have gone to events. I don't know how long that would have taken me. Yeah, I'm I mean, I mean, the best way to say it is people, people, especially in today's world, some of the things we're going to be talking about later, yeah. in this self-education rich world, there is somebody doing what you should be doing and they're willing to share it. Like- yeah. Traditional education, if you went to school, I'm not knocking it, congratulations. But let's just be honest, traditional education has not kept up with the world. No. The world is growing exponentially. Yes. Traditional education is growing linearly. Exactly. Right? In a linear fashion, yeah. right? Somebody said to me once, if you took somebody back 50 years, you took somebody from 50 years ago and you brought them to now, and they looked at a phone, they'd be like, all of this is in here, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, navigation and this right. and that and all this. Right, right. And then he said, but if you took them to a classroom, they'd say, oh, the blackboard's now a whiteboard. Uh, like, like that's it. Like, oof. think about that, yeah, right? Yeah. So what people are saying is, I don't want to go back. I don't have time for traditional education. Yep. I don't have time to learn this on my own. Mm -hmm. Who has already done it and would be willing to teach mm, me? That's, so good. that's why this self-education, yeah. information age, whatever you want to call yeah. it, the e-learning yeah. boom. It's why it's one of the fastest growing industries in the world because like you, you could have tried to figure it out on your own and stared at a blank piece of paper for ages. Ages. But you you were smart enough to learn from yeah. people who've already been there. Resourceful AF, I call it. Yeah, I, I like that. It. I love it. Uh, let's talk about tactics for a minute. Let's do it. You know, I have a lot of entrepreneurs watching this right now. They're like, okay, what do I do? What's the number one thing you think someone can do? It's in what area? In marketing or in, in business? In or? marketing and business. Like, what can they do? What can they implement? Here's what I would say. In 2007, I can only, you know, the, the best predictor of the future is looking into the past sometimes, yeah. right? In 2007, I was teaching people how to invest in real estate because that's what I had done to, you said you were a millionaire by yeah. 27? 26. Good for you. About 27 for me through yeah. real estate, wow. right? So yeah. I, I did have firewood business, cars, apartments, but then I started flipping real estate and started building houses and had apartments. And by 27, I got to retire my mom and I was, I guess, be considered a millionaire at 27, mm -hmm. right? Um, so in 2007, you gotta understand, I was teaching people what I had learned in my 20s on how to invest in real estate, how to get into their first yeah, house. Your expertise. And in 2007, the world died. I mean, every other house on a street was for sale. Every fourth house was in foreclosure. I mean, you look down a row of houses and you saw the little foreclosure sign on top of the for sale sign, right? Wow. And I'm teaching people how to invest in real estate. Wow. And all of a sudden the uh, real estate market evaporates. Yeah. And I, I'll just, I'm gonna give you a, a tactic when it comes to marketing and messaging because I love 
first off, here's what I'll say. You want a tactic or a strategy? Love what you do so much that you feel bad if you don't get it in people's hands. Mm. Because that takes away ickiness of marketing, totally ickiness does. of sales. When you love, I know you love yeah. what you do. I talked to you for five minutes yeah. before you're glowing with your yeah. smile of like, oh my God, I get to do this, right? Yeah. You have to love what you do so much. When people ask me, why are you so good at marketing? Why do you still do work so yeah. hard? It's like, I freaking love this. You believe in I your mission. I love this. And I watch people's yeah. faces in an audience change. Or I watch when they work with myself or my partner, Tony, and I watch their lives change. I'm addicted to this. I work harder now at 53 than ever before mm. in my life, right? But here's the, here's the strategy. Love what you do so much that you will do everything in your power to market ethically, but to get it in people's hands. Yeah. Shift that mindset, yeah. right? But here's something I want to share. In 2007, the world shifts. And I gave a story to my team back then. I said, I don't know where I, I love having analogies or stories mm -hmm. that can tell a, a lesson. And I said, picture if you were selling a ticket on the Titanic's maiden voyage. Think about that. It's in London or someplace in Europe, in, in England. It is the biggest ship. It is the fastest ship. It is the most beautiful ship. Yeah. The best food, the best accommodations. It was the the thing of things. The Imagine thing. selling that. You're selling yeah. bigger future, bold, yeah. beautiful, right? It's going to New York City. I mean, everything. Mm. But think about when the Titanic hit the iceberg. Mm. Do you think anybody cared how big the ship was, no. how pretty it was, how comfortable their pillow was? What did they want when it hit the iceberg? Safety, security, yeah, yeah. A, a, a nothing life preserver. to do with it. A yeah. life preserver, <laughs> right? Like yeah. they want a life preserver yeah. or they wanted a, a a lifeboat. Yeah. Right? So what I noticed in 2007 is my competition was still selling aspirational. They were still selling, get wealthy and go to the next level. And I told my team, I'm like, people don't want wealth anymore. They want a life preserver. Ooh. And I shifted all my marketing and my messaging and I met people where they were. Ooh. I entered conversations going in their mind now. Kitchen table talk today is completely different than it was just nine weeks ago. Nine weeks ago, people were not talking about what they're talking about now. They weren't talking about crypto if they put some money in crypto or put money in the stock market or their 401k is gone or NFTs. I can't believe interest rates up or yeah. people saying, people saying I, my, the NFT money is completely gone or, or I don't think I should buy that house. I mean, mm. people are backing out of houses. People are saying I should try to sell mine before it crashes completely different conversations. But if you're in business, if your marketing messaging and your sales messaging hasn't changed to meet them, you're already being left behind. You are. You're already missing out. So we shifted in 2007 to a strategy that I helped push out to the world called wholesaling. And I said, hey, this is not a time to get wealthy in real estate. If that's what you're looking for, I'm not your guy. But it's a time you could build security because you know who's still buying, who, you know who still buys in a down market? This is not a real estate training. Mm -hmm but investors. Ah. So I said, you're not going to sell to the general public anymore. So just calm down, become a bird dog and find good deals for investors and make a little bit in between and build safety in your life. My business quadrupled over three years. And by the time we got to 2009, I had no competition. I had taken over the entire industry. And all I changed was that I met people where they were. Oh, you read the room. Yeah. You read the room. You read exactly. the room. I was yeah. actually thinking about that. I was looking on Instagram and Someone I know is like laying on their car, you know, the car picks and the, listen, I love all that stuff. I love it. But I'm like, the messaging is so off. It's off. It's so People are worried if, can they fill their gas tank right, up? I don't care about gonna, your Lambo. I don't care about your Lambo. And listen, I, hey, I'm working for a private jet, but the, the same thing, it's like, it doesn't, 
what is that going to do for your fellow person right now? Nothing. You're alienating them. And so the marketing component is absolutely huge. Another thing that's huge, I feel like so many people I talk to are playing so small. So I'm in a world of people, yeah. they want more, but they are playing so small. They're an entrepreneur, but after they pay their taxes, you know, it kind of sucks, yeah. right? So what would you say to someone like that? that they need to level up. Maybe they're having paralysis by analysis. It's like, here's my logo, here's yeah. my website. Okay, it's such a great question. I just, love this question. And you're just sitting there like, come on, get in, yeah. the, get on the field. Okay, so here's <laughs> what happens to so many entrepreneurs. There's a couple of things. There's probably like three quick answers that I'm gonna try to get out here. <laughs> Number one, we don't realize that our brains default to work on the things that make us feel secure, confident, and happier. So if you're a creative, and you're launching your business to another level, you'll spend so much time on the logo. And should I go with oranges and, and smooth colors? I should be harsh, more black and white. No, I should be light. And, be, and you'll, you'll, you'll be in this creative zone. Yeah. And if you're thinking of creating, say, a course or a workshop or a mastermind or writing a book, you're like, oh, what are the names of the chapters? And, and you'll obsess on the work. But if you don't like marketing, you'll avoid it without even realizing. Mm -hmm. You'll be like, well, you know, I'll get to the messaging later. Um, and what happens is you'll spend the time in the areas that make you feel like chicken soup, comfortable, and you're not addressing the areas that need your attention. Right. And I watch it happen all the time. People, listen, think about Barnes and Noble. You walk in, there's 100,000 books, maybe hundreds of thousands of books. Right. You know how much time and effort went into the logos, the chapters, the introduction, how many chapters, what's in the chapter, what's the story, the rewrites. I mean, think of the work that went into hundreds of thousands of books. And guess what? 80% hmm. of the books in Barnes and Noble don't sell over a thousand copies. And out of the 20% that sell over a thousand copies, only 5% of those sell over 5,000 copies. Wow. So you think of the man hours, the, the stress and everything that went into those books when you look in this big, vast thing. Most people said, I'll build it because they liked writing right. and then it'll just sell. Never happens in the history of the world. No. Nothing goes viral. Once in a blue moon, like something will go viral, but that's not how business is made. Business is made by putting as much, if not more attention into marketing and sales mm. as you do the product. So I'm going to tell you right now, you want one, one strategy, yeah. triple the amount of time you spend on your messaging, your marketing and your sales right now. First, find a way to love it. Find a way to love it. Fall in love with marketing because you go, you get to serve people mm -hmm. when they say yes. Change the word sales for service. I want to get better at service. Yes. If that, if that helps you and double down, learn from somebody who's good, model somebody, get in a workshop, get in a mastermind, buy a mm -hmm. course, read a book, go deeper on your marketing. And then go back to what I just said, change your messaging to meet people where mm -hmm. they are. Read the room. I love that you said that. Read the room. Yeah. The second part of that playing small is for some reason, our brains make us think and you're gonna you're gonna be able to light this up as well. That once we get successful, we don't have any more problems. Right. Right. <laughs> and we have to change. Like, like laugh. you're laughing. Like you, you can't stop smiling. It's the biggest smile of the yeah. day, right? Because yeah. people look and go, "Oh my God, Emily! Now that she's a, like life must be." She just, just lays on oh. the beach. It's like yeah. oh, you open up every day when you open your curtains. It's like ah, oh. <laughs> right. And here's what I want to tell you: What if you changed your mindset and said? I'm going to be more successful if I handle bigger problems. Mm. What if when problems come, you go, give me it. Like, think yes. about this. If there was six of us at a table, six people you know that are successful, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say, without a shadow of a doubt, the most successful person at the table would be the one willing to handle bigger problems? Absolutely. Isn't that an absolute fact? Yeah, like, absolutely. Think about that. Yes. Picture three of my friends. Yeah. You know some of them. Three of yeah. yours. 
you figure out in the room who yeah. handles bigger problems, most wealthy, yeah. successful person at yeah. the table. So if that happens to be true, you know, Jim Rohn said, and then Tony adopted it, and, and I love it, says, for things to get better, we have to get better. We do. For us to be more successful, we have to, for, and I just look at it, for us to be more successful, we have to shift our mindset around problems and, mm -hmm. say, and, problems and say, stop dealing with $10 problems. Yeah. I need million dollar problems, yes. $10 million problems. Absolutely. When I see someone driving down the street and they cut someone off and they flip them off, or someone's at a restaurant complaining about their food, in my head, I'm like, they'll never be successful. Never. Their lower threshold, of, if that bugs them that much, like mm -hmm. I want the sky to be falling. That's the problem yeah. I want to solve, yes. right? Yeah. So the first thing is focus more on marketing, love what you do, adjust your messaging but solve bigger problems and learn to love it because each one of those problems sharpen our ax. Absolutely. And it's a gift. I, I look at it as a gift. I'm like, I, I have more, more to work with. I, have, I, I need to be solution oriented. This is a gift right now. And when I shifted with, to a millionaire mindset, you know, I came in from small town, Minnesota, I grew up with a single mom. So there was a lot of reprogramming that yep. had to happen there. And I'm like a millionaire makes $500 an hour. So I started to think to myself when things would arise, I'm like, this is such a small thing. This is such a like, small how can I problem. Let this bug this me? is not worth my time, my money, my energy anymore. And it just completely elevated. Can, can I, I got to share something. You just yeah. reminded me of something. I, thank you for sharing that. But there was a time and I did it for ages. I used to take on a piece of paper and not that you guys can see it, but I would make three columns. And I would, cause I, cause as you're going, you have all these things that come at you. Oh, I could build this. I could start this business. I could do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I could create a course. I could do a workshop. I should do masterminds. I should, and you have all these things coming and you get creative. And if you're a creative, you know what I'm talking about. You're in the shower. Like, Oh my God, I must do this yeah, in the shower. But I used to write down like what it was. And I used to write down how much the potential was. It could make me each week. I didn't put a year or the, I'd be like, this thing could make me five grand wow. a week, 10 grand a week, a hundred grand a week, whatever the crazy number is. Right. And then I would write down the third column would be, does it really align with who I am? Cause sometimes we can make money, but we hate the partner. Sometimes yeah. we can make money, but it feels a little cheesy right. or it feels a little icky. That's a better word. Right. right. So I would just have three things. What is it? How much could it make me a week? And a one through 10, how much would this light up my soul? Oof. And I wrote this down for years. And here's what I know. When I first started, it used to be like, it could make me 2,500 bucks a week. And then I looked, cause I, I, I have my journals. I have my kids when I die someday, they're either going to burn them all or they're like, Oh my God. No. They'll be like my dad was dumb as hell when he was young. Look how he got smarter. Right. But I remember writing 2,500 bucks a week and I can remember writing a hundred grand a week and I wouldn't do anything if it didn't have a chance to make me a hundred grand a week or 50 grand a week. Wow. And it took 20 years. That's another thing. And I love this. What Tony says, most people overestimate what they could do in a year yeah. and underestimate what you can do in five. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so that little initiative, like you said, and then when I would look at that, I'd say, what is getting me in the way? What's getting in the way of me making that 2,500 mm. a week or five grand a week or 50 grand a week or whatever the number is that would that would light you up? And I looked at little problems. It's like, all that does is get in my way, yeah. overthinking. I went on a news diet for 15 years. I didn't watch the news for 15 years. I love it. Not one ounce of it, not read one headline. Because I realized when I watch the news, it robs my confidence. I don't feel good about me. I've never got done with the news and said, oh my God, I feel amazing. Yeah. Like, text you, Emily, you should yeah. watch the news. It's really good never. right now. Never, yeah. right? So it's like, I started eliminating things. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it like this, people yeah. that made me feel bad about my dreams or told me I was a dreamer or only gossiped when I talked to them. And I'm not 
just want to be honest. I'm, this is just, this is a funny note. Yeah. I am not, even in high school when I would like break up with a girlfriend, probably this is my person. I was not the type to be like, hey, Emily, I just don't like the way you talk negative every time. I think we need to take a break. Right. I was just like, silence on my phone. Like uh -huh. some people it took six months, some people it took like five years, yeah. but I just drifted away from those that made me doubt myself yeah. or made me yeah. feel bad about my oh. dreams, right? They want me to dim my glow to match them. Oh, I, I don't wish yeah. them bad, but I'm not going to be you. Yeah. So, when you write down something, your, your, your compelling future, you got to start being observant. What is stopping me from getting there? Is it the news? Is it negativity? Yeah. Is it certain people in my life? Is it certain actions I take? Is it a story? Is it my marketing? Is it my messaging? Is it that I won't, don't want to solve problems? Mm. When we start being self-aware, that's yeah, the best that's thing I can say. Is. If we're self-aware, we kind of know the things that are screwing us up because mm -hmm. they've screwed us up in the past. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Oh my goodness. There's people right now that are like, I need to change. I need to grow. I need to start a business. They're freaking out. <laughs> you know, there's, I, I, I just know it. And you know, you are working on something extraordinary with Tony Robbins that when I heard about it, I'm like, I have to be behind this. I have to get people in front of this because, you know, every day, Dean, you put things out, you put your show out, your gift, you put your books out, you put your programs out. Like you're just, a gift to the world, oh, but you. you've decided to go deeper, to give back deeper in a time such as this. So can you expand yeah. on what you're doing? Yeah. So Tony and I, I shared that with you 25 years ago, I bought his course. Like I cut a check for just the guy. To, I'm not joking. My dad, who I love him to death, but he's old school Italian guy, like manly man. And I told him I paid back then I bought every upsell possible that Tony had. It was all amazing. It was like 300 bucks. And I told him, he's like, you paid for a guy to talk to you. He's like, I'd do that for free, <laughs> literally. Right. But that fundamentally shifted my life. And I went into this industry and I created courses and wrote books and blessed to be a multiple New York times bestseller and all this stuff. It all started because I realized I could sell information, help people with what I've learned mm -hmm. and make it a, a living out of it. And it also shifted my mindset. And then about 12 years ago, someone introduced me to Tony. Now you gotta understand, it was really amazing. Like if someone would have said to me 15 years ago, you can meet anybody you want, it would have yeah. been Tony because he just sparked something in yeah, me. Yeah, he ignited. So we met, we were supposed to meet for a half hour. We met for like eight hours straight. We, we ate breakfast, lunch, and like dinner together. We sat for hours and we've been friends ever since. We talk every day, right? Still to this day, every morning I wake up to a voice memo from Tony. I leave one hit because he stays up till four. I get up at 4.30. Like we're, we're covering wow. the world like 24 wow. hours a day, right? Next level. So the reason I'm sharing all that, not to not to share my relationship, but since being friends, I saw so many people wanting to be partners with Tony that I decided I didn't want it. Like we just got this killer friendship. I'm not going to ruin it by saying we should do this thing together. Yeah. But for a decade, all we, when we were together, we'd talk about how Jim Rohn helped save his life. Like he's like, I got self-education. Mm -hmm. I, I got to... I got to shift everything because someone shared what they knew. And I'm like, brother, that's, I got that. Jim Rohn was for you. You were for me. And we both talked about imagine. We used to joke. Like I, I said, if I didn't find self-education, it might've been like, um, would you like to double that whopper? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, would you like yeah. to supersize, right? <laughs> so we always joke. And then about four years ago, we realized it's, we're so passionate about what we've got into that we wanted to teach people. And we started a company to show people how to enter this industry, how to sell what you know, how to wow. take your life experience. If it's a divorce you went through, but you came out on the other side, how do you help someone going through a divorce right, right now? Or if you're better at network marketing or better at cutting hair or mm -hmm. better at sales or better at going vegan or yoga, the world is realizing that 
I'd re- as we said earlier today, I'd rather mm-hmm. learn from somebody who's already been there yeah. than the traditional way. Right. And it's not just Tony and I saying it. Uh, four years ago, when we decided to help people in this industry, the industry was about $100 million a day. Today, it's almost a billion dollars a day. A day. E-learning, whatever you want to call it, self-education, people buying information to go faster. Wow. So we might be in a winter economically. This industry is in the springtime of its life. So three or four years ago, we said, let's let's take our 60 plus years combined between the two of us in this industry and let's help people get into selling what they know. Make it the new norm. So when people want to do something, they find regular people. And here's the cool part. It is regular people fueling this industry. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Tonys and what I get to do or you get right. to do. It is regular people. It is. We've identified 4,500 different niches of people we've helped in everything you could possibly imagine from art to everything in 150 countries. So especially with the economy going where it's at. I'm going to share one more thing. I, I, I'm so passionate about this. So reel me it. in if I, I, if I go squirrel. No. But Warren Buffett, yeah, him and uh, Charlie Munger do their yearly gig. Uh-huh. It was about four weeks ago. And he said the two things to be okay with inflation and a possible recession. doesn't matter how much the dollar gets devalued or if we're using seashells. You just want to get more of that pie. Right. And he said the two things. One, invest in yourself. Get better at what you're doing or learn from, like invest in yourself. Number two, he said, be a part of an industry that has higher margins because if supply chain issues get right. screwed up, if inventory costs you and you have little margins, you're dead. Yeah. If you have a warehouse of stuff that costs you twice as much, you're dead. So that's why we are, we're going live for five days starting August 2nd. And we're going to show people how to enter this industry. Because think about this. When you sell information, the business I'm in, business Tony's in, mm-hmm. business you're in, yeah. so many people we know, the business that saved our lives, changed our lives, the business where you get to impact others and create success you don't have to warehouse it. You could sell it over and over again. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to air condition it. You don't have to ship it. And you get to impact people's lives with it. And it's one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And that's your that's your life experience, your skill, your hobby, your passion, your mess. So what we're going to show people over five days, we're calling it the Time to Thrive yeah. Challenge. Because most people right now are going to sit on their hands and freeze when really this is the time to thrive. This is when real wealth can be made. So over five days, we're gonna show people why this industry, why now, why them. Day two, we're gonna show people how to extract exactly what they should be selling. Was it, is it a mess that you went through or a skill you have, a wow. passion or something you learned from somebody else? Day three, we're gonna teach them how to elegantly sell through service, how to build a following, even if no one knows your name. And I know you're thinking, I'm not an expert. No one knows my name. I'm not. That's who we love working with because we show people how to do it. So over five days, it is a journey. And the fact of the matter is we just decided the world needs it so much. We're going, we're doing it for free. So free, free, not kind of free, completely free. Wow. Um, in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to do a plug here. Um, Thrive165.com. Okay. Write that down right now. Don't leave. Don't go there now. Finish this interview with us. But Thrive165.com, 165.com. Um, and go see who we're having. Not only is it Tony, myself, I read Matthew McConaughey's book. I don't know if you oh, listened to it. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. So I reached out to him. He's coming to be oh, a present because he's, a he's in our yeah. industry now. Yeah. I mean, that book is not about being an actor. No. It's about a journey of things that go wrong yeah. and you can look at it in a negative way or you would be like, wow, yeah. that's a green light. Green light. So we, we got on a call with him and he's ecstatic. He's coming and and Russell Brunson and Jenna Kutcher and so many people who once thought I have nothing, what could I really sell? And now this is their life. So over five days, if you're ready to investigate something new, you want to just see, here's what I'd say. Pretend we were charging a thousand bucks for this 
and you paid for it today. Mm -hmm. Because when you pay for something, you pay attention. You do. And, and sometimes the biggest fear Tony and I have is put so much value out there and people are like, ah, it's free. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I shouldn't. If anything intrigued you today, if you want a fresh start, if you want the right mindset or you want to see if this is a possibility, I would, I would not just register. It is free. I would put it in your phone. I would get a friend to do it as accountability partner. I would say there's nothing else. It's only 90 minutes a day. There's nothing else I'm doing. Yeah. And just spend five days with us. At the end of five days, you're either going to say, that was amazing. I'm, I'm doing something. Or that was amazing. I'm doing this. I right. promise you. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah. Not, oh my It's goodness. probably the last time we'll do it free. Yeah. Um, but the world needs it. And so it does. Absolutely. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. You, you know what you mastered? You're successful, but you're fulfilled. And I can see it, feel it through your heart when you speak in all that you do. That to me is a dream life. How, how did you get there? Yeah. I, you know, thank you for saying that. And, and, and I'll tell you, I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life because we all have our crap, right? Listen, if you and I had two hours, we could dig right into some some crap. And <laughs> and I want to tell you, I've been through businesses that were that made me money but weren't fulfilling. And and the fact of the matter is, I feel blessed. I'm 53, but I feel in the best shape of my life. I have more energy than before. I'm having another baby. My wife's four it's months amazing. pregnant right now, right? Yeah. Um, but I have to tell you, because I have a little more time on this earth, I had time to screw up and rebound, mm -hmm. right? Um. I know I've been in businesses and made money in areas that I could just tell, they just didn't serve my heart. And I needed, I, I just, I made it, I got disturbed with my own inaction. I got disturbed with complacency. I got disturbed with settling. I got disturbed with watching other people saying, you know, shouldn't you be happy with what you have? It's like, no, I, I want more. Yeah. I don't want to be wealthy and miserable. I don't want to be wealthy and unfaithful in a relationship because I'm miserable. I don't right. want to be, I don't want to be in a great relationship and have no money and we're struggling. Like, I really wanted it and I had more time. So I was smart enough to see what didn't align. And if, if anyone, if my kids were going to say something in my eulogy, I I'd think they'd say the man just never gave up. Like it just didn't quit because I had businesses that failed or didn't align to my heart. And I just kept going until I found that in relationships. I've been through a divorce mm -hmm. and I've messed up. I messed up miserably in my mm -hmm. previous relationship. I'm not yeah. going to say like we're great friends yeah. and we're amazing co-parents, but I was just as much a part of it as her. Yeah. But I want to tell you what I did. I'm in the greatest relationship in my life. I love my wife. She's amazing. Um, and she's an incredible woman, but that didn't happen by accident. When I, when I, my last relationship ended, I didn't go, I need to go find somebody to fill me up. I'm like, man, I, I probably hosed that up. And I'm probably bringing some crap from watching my parents being married yeah. nine times. So I worked on me to become a better man. How do I open my heart? How do I get rid of the shell on my heart? How do I let someone in? Mm -hmm. How do I become the man that attracts the type of woman I really want? So I worked on me, just like I worked on a business yeah. to get another one. I worked on me there. I, I like being in good shape. So I just, I work out six days a week, yeah. no matter what. Like, And more so through time, I realized if I go all the way back to what I learned from Tony at 26 or 27, that all of this is happening for us. Exactly. If you can really adopt that, all the failures, the times that you tried, that people let you down, the missed opportunity, the, the person who was unfaithful to you and broke your heart, the, the business that you thought was there and then Google changed something it didn't work anymore. Or what if we really believed, not just kind of, what if we really believed that there was somebody bigger than us mm -hmm. that, and they, they crafted a design that if you follow and keep moving forward, keep getting back up, that the, 
there's a rainbow at the end, but you got to pay your success tax. You got to go through yeah. the failures. You have to learn from it. I just feel like so many people, you ask me why I'm in this place. I think so many people quit on, and I hate to use a sports metaphor, but they quit on the five yard line. I, they went through all the shit. They, totally, they had the yeah. hard times. They were let down. Somebody stole their money. They had the dream. It didn't work. And they're like, this isn't for me. And I feel like if you could see, if you could zoom up, you'd be like, oh my God, I'm only an inch away. Like yeah. one more You're failure, right I'm in. Go. One more yeah. failure. So yeah. I think I'm just lucky enough that I kept getting up mm. to figure out how to be in a better relationship and how to be a better dad mm. and how to be a better leader. And I'm still learning. I, I have a long way to go, but thank you for, thank you for those beautiful words. Oh, you did the work. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. That's how I view you. I mean, you are such a, I can say this, a beautiful man because you're vulnerable, but you're rock solid and certain at the same time. And I feel like the best people embody both sides and you do. So oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for showing up. Thank you for showing women like me that I can do this. Men all across the world, you're a true, true gift. And I hope you know that every single day when you get up, when you have bigger problems, you're doing it and it's deeply impacting other people, just like my Uber driver. Oh, well, thank you for the she time. She couldn't notes. believe it that I was going to meet <laughs> you. And she's a single mom. And she said, going through, I think it was the comeback challenge. Yep. She said, this got this got my family through. Oh, it's a really good effect. Well, we look forward to serving. It's going to be an amazing event. This is a pleasure to get to know you. And uh, thanks for spending this time with us today. And I yes. hope we get to see you on the challenge. Absolutely. Thank you, Dean.